cliffcentral.com Good morning, Opinion Booth with moi, Sonia Booth. And the title for today is Ivy League versus Private versus Public Education. And the conversation today is going to be around this topic. Does the Ivy League education guarantee success in life? Or is it a social status symbol? Do private schools give you a head start? And does your public education qualification place you at the bottom tier in the job market? This topic today was actually um, brought on or, or brought on about by um, a Facebook uh, pay, uh, post from a guy named Zach Buddha. He's in Nalspreet and Pumalanga, and I know he's going to be thrilled that um, today's topic uh, was actually um, from his own um, initiative. So his Facebook post reads, is there a qualified justification to take children to a high-end private school as opposed to a very good public school? Now, today I'm joined by Mrs. Natalie Thwaites. She is the principal of the preparatory school at Chatterhouse. Hello, Mrs. Thwaites. Good morning, Sonia. Um, you said I should call you Natalie today, you right? Should, yes. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to take advantage of that. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had also invited Mr. Ntuduzi Manana, the Deputy Minister of Higher Education and Training, but I understand um, he has a hectic schedule given the fees must fall movement, the career exhibition in Bizo, and of course parliamentary duties. So um, his plate is rather uh, full. I do, however, love his uh, WhatsApp profile status. Um, it reads, education is an immediate equalizer. Do you agree with that, Mrs. Thwaites? Education is an immediate Equalizer. Yes. I think I'm going to speak from a point of view as a mum, and I would agree, yes, it is. When you go in there as a parent and your heart and soul being your child is there in the education space, it is an equalizer. There we go. Um, Natalie has um, her opinions and uh, she's going to be sharing a lot of those um, with me today. And of course, if you do have your own, feel free to share them um, on social media, uh, the WhatsApp um, uh, you know, number as well, um, and the studio number if you want to call in. Well, you're welcome to do that. Now, choosing what type of school your child will attend can set their education for life or their foundation for life. However, the deciding factors can be cost, location, curriculum, school culture, history, and the school's reputation. Some parents even consider the child's personality. I mean, that is, an introvert is probably probably better off in a smaller school, and an extrovert might find a smaller school too restrictive or even claustrophobic in a way. Um, up next, we're going to play you a voice note from Dr. Ulime Musaneke, who happens uh, to be uh, a friend of mine, and um, she's going to share her sentiments, and then we'll take it further. Hi, Son. Is there a justification? Um, in my opinion, perhaps not. I say this because the pool from which teachers are recruited is perhaps only one, unless some private schools strictly recruit internationally. Typically, a teacher would hop from all the schools in the country in search of the ideal job or place of work. And at the end of it all, regardless of any special school policy and mission, the vessel through which our kids are educated is still the teacher. So we may be able to choose the school, but can we really choose the teacher? That was Dr. Oliver Masaneke. Natalie, your thoughts? (laughs) I think in some ways a private school has gotten up on that because we are able to select and choose our teachers. I think we're freer in a, a private school to 
to select them, to know what we are wanting, to expect the teacher to meet the expectations of our ethos, our academic curriculum, our hidden curriculum, which no academic curriculum can actually stand on its own without that hidden curriculum factor, that ethos, that value, that mission statement, that binds your school and makes for a successful academic curriculum. So I would go out on a limb and say yes, within a a private school context, we are able to select our teachers. And then once after we've selected them, we are privileged enough to actually send them on training courses and to grow. And this is one of the the most important aspects of a a good high school, a good private school, a, a good public school is that our teachers continue to grow. That, to me, defines good, excellent schooling, whether it be in a private space or whether it be in a public space. Do your teachers carry on growing? Oh, that's a very good question. Profound question, actually. I mean, as a mother... You've gotten me thinking. Um, Now, we all know the obvious uh, pros and cons um, of uh, public versus private school. And obviously, the Ivy League education is in a league of its own. I mean, the obvious ones being that public schools are normally more affordable. In fact, I mean, I remember I went to a school and my tuition fee must have been 10 rands. Obviously, it was a long time ago. Um, But I mean... Even if the parents couldn't afford to pay that 10 rands, um, there wasn't a big deal. You were not um, expelled from school. Um, this is um, back in uh, Pimville in Soweto. Um, so, yes, it, it was affordable, even though other parents could not afford the, the, the 10 rands. Um, and then the other um, advantage is that uh, children are normally more exposed to a greater diversity of other races and cultures. Um, and a strong racial mix is good preparation for after school life. I mean, uh, it's a it's a big world out there. You know, um, a, a, a primary school can be of a certain size, a high school can be of a certain size, but university is the beginning of the big um, world out there. Where you, I mean, whether you're going to be studying in, in in South Africa or you're going overseas, um, it, it it opens um, opens your eyes up to um, um, different um, way uh, different ways of life. And um, it, it, it is an eye-opener eye per se. Um, the disadvantage in public schools, I'm sure we would all agree, um, you would also agree, Natalie, is that um, there's a higher um, teacher-to-pupil uh, ratio. I mean, classes are often uh, overcrowded, and this can result in uh, pupils uh, missing out on individual attention, which is very important. And those with learning difficulties can often be overlooked in most of these cases. I mean, you, you hear of some um, schools where there's like 65 pupils in a class. I mean, I remember, luckily for me, um, in grade eight, when you had to choose your, your subjects, I mean, I, I went for maths um, and science. In fact, we were not given a choice. If you excelled in a particular subject, you were automatically put into a class. They didn't, they didn't really force you, but I mean, they, they kind of like, you know, pushed you towards um, a particular class. So we had a maths and science class, and if I'm not mistaken, there were only 12 of us. Um, the history class, if I'm not mistaken, there must have been about 55 pupils. And the accountancy um, economics class, um, they, they were also about plus minus 55. I mean, that's a massive class, and you only have one teacher. And, of course, supportive uh, teachers, um, <laughs> you, you don't get that in, in, in township schools. I mean, that's a, a luxury that uh, a lot of government schools, in fact, I don't know a government school out there that op- offers um, a support teacher in class. I could be wrong. There could be mm. schools that offer that. But um, where I went to school in Pimble, in Soweto, we did not have that. So, I mean, even the teacher, I can imagine, becomes really, really overwhelmed. I mean, they, it's not possible to give um, individual attention to 55 pupils. They all have different um, levels, um, you know, of, um, of intelligence um, in that some pupils might grasp um, a topic or a subject um, um, quickly and easily, and then the others might actually not even grasp it at all and then they they need to be held back um 
and they don't get promoted to the next subject. And I mean, that can be um, a problem. And some teachers don't even have an opportunity to pick up on that. So, I mean, those are some of the challenges that um, the education system um, is facing in as far as public schooling um, is concerned in the, in the country. I mean, some public schools lack even the most basic resources. Um, we hear of many schools, and I'm sure you know as well, um, Natalie and New Palisa, is that this, there's some schools where children sit under a tree and they, they place their book on top of their lap because there are no desks, there are no chairs. Some schools are still waiting for textbooks. I mean, mm-hmm. we know what happened, you know, the conversations that we had early, early last year about the fact that, um, halfway through the year, there were, there were learners, um, who were supposed to be preparing for their year end exams, but, um, they did not have textbooks and stationery. How do you, how do you go through a curriculum year as a teacher, as a pupil under those, um, circumstances? So, I mean, it, it's looking grim, um, and it's not helping the overburdened, um, education system that we have. Lerato Maluk, um, um, commented by saying the quality of public school teaching and curriculum is regressive and kids lack the basic foundation. I'm sure we would agree with that. Now, at this point, I want to share a sobering fact. South Africa is ranked as one of the most illiterate countries in the world. I don't think we're surprised. Um, I am not surprised by that. According to research, 58% of grade four learners in South Africa cannot read for meaning. So that means they just read for the sake of, of, of reading. They, they cannot read for meaning. They read, but most probably they don't even understand. Um, there's no comprehension there. Um, while 29% are completely illiterate. I mean, those are shocking statistics. Not only as a mother, but as somebody who's passionate about, um, reading. Um, however, it is fair to say that the foundation for literacy is built long before a child begins grade one. There's a quote, read to your child until they're old enough to read to you. Um, we cannot underestimate bedtime stories. You know, the, the five minutes that you take uh, before tucking your child into bed is something that should um, be valued and it should actually be um, tradition or religion, if you want, in your household that you, you as a mother, you, I mean, it's, it's not something that you delegate to a helper, uh, your domestic worker or, you know, your um, au pair, whatever you want to call it, whatever kind of assistance that you, that you have at home. It's, it's a different story if you're a uh, you know, a working mother who, who, who's not able to tuck her kids into, into bed. But I mean, if you're in that position, we need to encourage mothers and of course fathers as well. I mean, sisters, brothers, siblings, whoever is available at home. Um, a child needs to be read to every single night. And I think that's the way it, it starts. Um, w- would you agree on that? Absolutely. I think that, that, that mum or dad or, or a contact member of the family being present in that child's space. Do you know that the smell of a mum or a dad, the physical contact with a mum or a dad, the children get attuned to that. They tune into it. They they know this is mum time. It, it touches their very essence and their very soul. And if you have a chance to read a page, buddy read three sentences, it's more than than just the reading. It's also the, the emotional growth and, and the contact which so many of our children are missing and you being there and in the space with your child and the written word that makes for a, a healthy little person. But can I would you mind if I commented on, on some of the things that you mentioned Please do. a little Please earlier? Do. So I, I know that this debate is emotional and I think we need to look at the cost factor and for the first time in a long while I think both public school parents and private school parents are really strapped in in the economy that we have at the moment because it's not just a, a laying out of school fees it's all the hidden costs that are attached to that it's your transport it's feeding your child it's clothing your child it's textbooks it's uniform it's stationery it's actually wanting your child to be part of that co-curricular program that extramural program the needs are there and and how torn is the mum or a parent to say no I can't afford it and to see that 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 look 
of a child being set apart. That, that's heartbreaking, and, and a lot of our parents are experiencing that in private and in in public sectors. Then as far as as class sizes, which you alluded to being in a, pub, in a private school, it's effective. You reach to more children. I agree with that. I'm going to comment as a mum. I was fortunate to be in the space, three spaces, a public school space, a private school space with my, child, my daughter attending a monastic school and me myself being in a, a Cambridge prep, a private school. So I'm speaking from that point of view. And my daughter was all set up and ready to go to a, a government school and we were sitting there waiting for her brother to come out the gates and she was ready to move over to a high school the following year her being in grade 7 then, she looked at the hordes of children filing out the gate at, when the bell had gone for the end of school and now her coming from a, a private school. She looked at this and she said, Mom, I can't do this. The size, the sheer volume of children that were in that school space just did not do it for her. So change of plan, lastminute.com, we moved her to, we had to, enroll her at a private school so size and where your child is and who your child is and how they are able to learn and adapt to the space with many bodies around them fewer I I think you've got to tune into your your child because linked to that Sonia is the fact that yes some of our schools aren't resourced and effectively so and 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 that's heartbreaking but do you know that put an effective passionate, engaged, involved teacher there. You can teach a curriculum wherever you need it to be taught. That child will acquire knowledge and and draw from from you. So, yeah, it's one of those challenges we do face. Sure. Well, something to think about there. And, I mean, I think uh, most of the points that you touched on are, uh, you know, self-explanatory, but it's, it's things that we, we, we tend to overlook so easily, I mean, for the sake of convenience or because we're trying to justify, um, you know, taking a child to a public or a private school or, you know, I, what they consider an Ivy um, League education uh, system. There seems to be a notion that um, children that attend private schools often have a more established network after school through the alumni um, association. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting that the, the next uh, set of um, comments that I'm going to be reading from uh, fellow Facebook uh, friends, um, one of them from Stembiso, um, he says that, I used to think private schools are a waste of moolah, waste of money until I saw how well-connected kids will be after school, in private school than in private school. And <laughs> I couldn't help um, but respond um, to Stembiso's comment. And I said, spot on, powerful connections and relations are forged by kids in school. Moreover, they force parents to interact due to their friends at school. A perfect example is um, if one of our boys um, invites their mates uh, from school, and you know your, your your child happens to be a friend of a of a diplomat, for example, um, or the, uh, the the kid happens to be um, uh, their parents happen to be influential, um, you know, whether they multi millionaires or billionaires or uh, politicians. And um, if, if your child brings um, that uh, peer to your house, I mean, you, you open up your house and I mean, there's no uh, denying uh, or, or setting boundaries and saying to an eight-year-old, no, you can't be friends with so-and-so or, you know, you, you force your child to, to, to forge um, uh, relations. It, it's just something that happens and I mean, as parents, you find all sorts of people that come to your house if you happen to be hosting a birthday party and you mix with uh, parents that you might not necessarily get the opportunity of meeting if your child was in a was in a different school. I mean, you look at a school like Hilton College, for example. You have to be heavily loaded as a parent to part with 230,000 a year on your child's tuition 
And I mean, this excludes textbooks. It excludes stationery. And, um, you know, you, you have sporting equipment, sporting gear, sports clothes. These kids go on school tours. I mean, they go to Switzerland. I mean, they, they, they do, uh, France, uh, on a school tour. I mean, I remember the, 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 a, a trip, a faraway trip that I went to, a school tour that I went to was Pretoria Zoo. And I mean, you know, we laugh. Um, and if, if I'm not mistaken, that trip cost my mom 60 rands. Uh, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Could have been a little bit more. Um, and I mean, we, we looked forward to that. I mean, we had umpago, as they call it. I mean, that's patkos, uh, really. Skaftini, as, as other people, uh, call it. And there would be sleepless nights. Um, you would actually put your tap away underneath your pillow because you didn't trust some of the uncles, you know, that they would come in the middle of the night and, and snatch, uh, you know, your, your umpago for, for the following, uh, uh, day's trip. So, I mean, you, you here I am, uh, as, as a, as a, as a pupil in, in Pimville, you know, going to, uh, looking forward to going to your Santa Rama, your, your Joburg Zoo. Um, but I do remember though, when I was about 13, I went on a school trip to, to Durban and that was about 700 rands. It was a lot of money. Um, but my mum, um, made a point to save and save and save, you know, in order for me to go on that trip because she knew it, it meant the world to me and seeing the ocean for the first time, um, to just, Wonders uh, for me. I mean, it 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 was a, a a great thing that happened to me as a child. And so I commented further by saying that um, those with Ivy League education stand a better chance of being hired. Said but true. Would you agree? I think you can't deny the fact that if you are in a private school and in the system. You will be connected. There's no getting away from that fact. But that also goes if you look at our, and in one of your comments, it was your very good public schools. And you mentioned a, a few schools within the Johannesburg area as well. I, I don't doubt that those children will also get the connection. It's that name. It's that brand. It's that, that, that makeup, that reputation of the school that Enables that to happen without a, a doubt. And I think children, even if they are in a prep school, they are the headmasters, the, the principals, the, the high schools have already connected with the children in your prep school, your sports achievements, your, your academic achievers. So the connection is already there. You know what, what's so amazing that the children don't make the connection. They are just friends. That's my buddy in the class. And True. that's it. It's the parents who are making that connection. And how valuable I think as a parent, you, you need to be introspective, look in. Where are you wanting your child to be at the end of his high or her high school career? What varsity do you want? That child to to feed into because the connections are there as well. Varsity is looking in on the high school, so yeah, it's the little people that I care about that couldn't really be bothered where that child lives, what he has. He's my buddy. He's my friend. The parents do have that. They hold on to that because it opens a door to your future, doesn't it? You're right. Who wouldn't want that for your child? You're right. I mean, our I, 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 kids um, are naive after all, yeah. and I mean, they are un- unassuming, unpretentious, and they, they don't know any boundaries. We're going to listen to Lindy with voice note as she has her own opinion on the topic. Okay, um, topic I'm very uh, passionate about. Um, it's more about the state of our public schools. I had the experience of taking my son to um, supposedly very good private school, um, and four ways and the experience I had there, my older son, was actually that um, the teachers just are not able to cope with the amount of pupils we put in those classes. Um, any teacher that um, has to sit and, and teach child, over 30 children in a classroom just doesn't cope. I mean, he, I'd look at his classwork. His classwork would not be finished. The teacher didn't know that he hadn't finished his classwork because she can't check everybody's classwork. Um, and it just didn't work for me. So, um, unfortunately, 
we pay what we pay for private schools um, just so that our children can, one, get access to the best uh, facilities um, that are sometimes not present in the public schools, but most importantly so that the, the teacher-pupil ratio um, is most likely to be at the most 20 in a private school. So um, I'll happily pay a, a premium to make sure that um, my children are getting the proper attention that they need to from the teachers and that they can be assisted, uh, monitored properly, and, 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 and hopefully the teachers, they are more attentive than the teachers in public schools because they, the numbers that they're dealing with, they're able to deal with. Yeah, that's me. Thanks. Out. Bye. Lindiwe speaks about, you know, the, the fact that, um, she would not hesitate, uh, to pay premium for her, uh, son's, um, education. She has, uh, two amazing boys and, um, you, you heard her comment, uh, she opted for private schooling for reasons that she's mentioned already. Interestingly enough, um, parents are spending more than three times the annual fee of a university student for a senior year at some of South Africa's most prestigious private schools. A top-rate education in South Africa will cost between 1 million and 7.7 million. Yes, you heard that correctly. A top-rate education in South Africa will cost you between 1 million and 7.7 million. That in a nutshell means that you should start an education fund for your child when you're pregnant. And it helps to have as little kids as possible. (laughs) We have two boys and when our financial planner sat us down and broke it down as to how much we needed to put aside for our two sons, I mean, we nearly fell off our chairs. And I mean, we know one thing for certain is that we wanted the best education for them. And I know you, Natalie, I mean, as, as a principal of a private school, you, you, you're not going to like hearing this, but um, myself and Matthew um, have agreed that should there have been a very good public school in our vicinity, because, I mean, for us, it doesn't make sense to be driving an hour, two hours to take a child to school, because by the time they get to school, they are exhausted. So it's it's, it's nonsensical in, in, in our minds anyway. So we we... we we don't really have a problem with sending uh, our kids to a public school if there was one in our vicinity. Because like I said, there are good uh, public schools um, out there. And I mean, more importantly, I'm a product of a public school and I think I turned out all right. <laughs> I mean, I have my flaws, uh, but I'd like to think that, you know, if it's any consolation, uh, you know, for my mother, bless her soul. Because I mean, she didn't have the money to send me anywhere else. I mean, the school was just around the corner. I could walk home during break time. Um, but I mean, the, the, the point I'm making is that, you know, you... You choose what what you consider best. I mean, based uh, on on your circumstances, what works for you. Um, nobody can can judge you as a parent because I'm sure every parent wants the best for for their child. So, depending on whether your child gets a quality government education or South Africa's equivalent of Ivy League education. I mean, Ivy League education. Some people have asked me, what is Ivy League education? Hilton College. Michael House, uh, Rodine School for Girls, um, that is considered um, the equivalent uh, of the Ivy League education in South Africa. I mean, I've already shared um, the kind of tuition fees um, that you would pay at Hilton, being um, the most expensive school in the country. If I'm not mistaken, um, Michael House is second and then Rodine is third. Um, so those are the top three schools in the country. And I've mentioned uh, that these numbers exclude items like food, extra lessons, textbooks, clothes, sports kits, medical expenses, and school tours. Now, the amounts only taken into consideration, the actual school fees and nothing else, not even the acceptance fee, most private schools charge. I mean... I remember when we had to move to Cape Town for a year. You, you do remember you remember that? that? We, I'm not going to mention the name of the school because uh, <laughs> I don't want to be getting any death threats. <laughs> 
But I kid you not, Natalie, myself and Matthew burst out in laughter as we, <laughs> we got into the parking lot um, with the prospectus from the school in Cape Town. <laughs> and the acceptance fee was, I think, uh, 15000 mm-hmm. Actually, it was 30000 I remember. And we burst out laughing. And, I mean, we were in hysterics because we could not believe that on top of the tuition fees that we're going to have to pay just to get our child accepted at a school, we're going to have to pay 30000 And we have two boys, <laughs> so 60000 just for an acceptance fee. We thought it was a joke. And needless to say, we luckily... They were able to accommodate the boys because they knew we were only in Cape Town for a year. They were able to accommodate them at a very, very uh, good uh, school, Bay Primary School. Now that I will mention because um, it, it, it was a fantastic school. Um, so-called Model C school, but we were happy with um, curriculum there and um, they, they sporting, uh, sporting codes as well. Um, they gave, um, Various options uh, for our boys because our boys are very athletics and uh, and I'm sure you know they sign themselves up for every extramural every sport um, which means you know uh, they, they signed up for hockey we need the the equipment oh, the kit, um, that, goes, the kit that goes with it and the, the shoes are um, not cheap I mean hockey yeah. hockey trainers are not cheap um, so they do every extramural at school if it's offered they they'll do it so you can imagine with two boys it's it's parenthood ain't cheap. And I've said it before, parenthood ain't for the faint-hearted. So now, anyway, um, let me continue on the subject just to give people the gist um, of the, you know, financial uh, planning that they need uh, for uh, specifically for their kids' um, education. A grade eight non-border pupil at Rodine School for Girls in Parktown will pay over one hundred and thirty-eight thousand rands per annum. So. 1.4 million for tuition for grade naught till matric. Add 1.3 million to that for boarding. And you budget 2.7 million for your child's tuition and boarding fees at Rodine from grade naught till matric. 2.7 million. And of course, that does not include inflation because we all know that the tuition fees increase by up to 7% for some schools. Um, I mean, seven, eight sometimes. Eight yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, so that 2.7 million add, um, for argument's sake, 8%, 8% percent every year. year. And you'll, you'll get the figure. Are you, are you shocked? Mm. Palissa is like almost uh, having, she's having hot flushes here. <laughs> and I mean, better yet. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't end there. You're not, just budgeting 2.7 million. Remember, we're talking Ivy League level here. We're talking the Rolls Royce type of education. They're like creme de la creme, as they call it. You better hope your child does not choose medical school. <laughs> so you're looking at what? Five years, medical school, seven years, and then your child decides, I'm not done with the seven years at med school. I want to specialize and become a gynecologist and obstetrician. So you're looking at 12 years between grade naught or 13 years actually between grade naught and matric plus an additional 12 years for them to qualify as a gynecologist. So you're looking at what? Mathematics? 23 years. 23 years of study. 23 years and by the time your child graduates or qualifies as a, as a gynecologist, you would have parted with give or take five, 500, five, five, yeah. between five and seven million. million yeah. That's one child. So <laughs> we have two boys. So I hope one of them is not going to go to medical school. Um, but of course, <laughs> this would pay off um, in the end. That is if they don't drop out. So imagine if your child decides to drop out um, after a third year of uh, medical medical school and um, they decide to loiter the streets and uh, cause trouble. Then you're on your own. Who prepares parents for this journey, actually? Who prepares parents and informs them? There is no manual for parenting. So isn't it somebody has got to step up and and take responsibility and speak to them about the greatest investment that they're going to make for the next how many years? Did you say 23 years? Yes. Who does that? 
who actually sits down a parent and says, right, this is, is what you're in for. And I listened to a talk a little while ago that was really fabulous. And the hype is all about what high school are you going to send your child to? Which prep school are they in? We need to start that conversation way before all of that happens. We need to actually start with a mum and a dad figure and them getting together and preparing themselves and educating themselves as to the child that they can bring into the world and how they're going to prepare them. That's where the whole education buzz starts. Then you can really make informed decisions about the high school the what varsity but I, I think we've got it a bit wrong here there needs to be a little bit of focus on taking up here and sitting them down chatting to them educating them preparing them so that they are equipped to actually take this child through because you do want a child who finishes high school who's engaged who's challenging who who's ready to step into a space confidently and what mum and dad, or who who doesn't want to return on the investment? Absolutely. So you're going to want the best for your child, don't you? But we need to start with preparing our our parents and communicating with them. Absolutely. Next up, Zamani Mabuza shares her opinion. So here's my take on private school versus public school. Uh, I come from a background where my father, you know, studied in a village in the middle of nowhere, uh, didn't have much, um, but he made it, you know, um, left a village situation and went to university because of hard work. And what he's always told me is that it doesn't matter where you take your child to school. What matters most is the environment um, at home, you know, um, that that is the most important thing. So when I was busy choosing a school, when I choose a school, it's 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 more about is the school close to me? Um, is it affordable? Um, just the basics. Um, the biggest thing with public schools, most of them um, that I've known, especially the good ones, some of them have long waiting lists. If I'm not mistaken, well, the time that I checked, they had long waiting lists, and the really good ones are also far from me. And maybe perception of good, I'm, I'm talking about reputation. So the reason why I chose a, a, a private school is because that, that is what was close to me in terms of um, destination for my home. Um, my husband and I were both in agreement that we have to choose a school that is practical. We have to afford it and it has to be close to us. If it's a public school, great. If it's a private school, great. So for me, honestly, private or public, I don't really have um, an opinion on what is better. Um, and I think for me, it doesn't matter. I choose on practicality and affordability. Yeah. Piwe wrote this comment on Facebook. Whether he is from a private school or not, if your child is not meant to be a specialist, no amount of money can change that reality. And I don't know if it's a he or she. I think it's a he. Pure, pure should be a he. I think, anyway. I, I can't make assumptions. Um, he goes on to say, wisdom is not for sale. It's something you are born with. Now, I find that very, very interesting. I mean, those are his own opinion. And remember, after all, we are in the opinion booth. Um, Kulu says the thinking is that anything expensive comes with a quality attached to it. Someone once said that the network these kids build in private institutions cannot be measured. Hence, some parents believe that they need to invest in private institutions. I've heard of um, parents, you know, certain parents who even go as far as maxing out all their credit cards in order to pay uh, tuition, each to their own. Who am I to judge? If you want the best for your kids, um, nobody can, can, can judge you. When you go to private schools, 
the connections business-wise can work for you and not forgetting also in sports, your chances are greatly enhanced. I've, I've heard people commenting that, um, you know, you can't even compare public and private schools because when you look at the sports uh, facilities, for example, some of these schools have um, indoor heated pools and that gives the learners at that particular school an, an unfair advantage, uh, if you may, in that they're able to train, um, you know, for the water uh, polo sports or whatever other um, uh, water sports that they partake in um, throughout the year. And you know, that'll be a, 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 an advantage that they have over another school that um, might not even have a, have, a, have a pool. And if it does, um, you know, the school, if, if the school does have a pool, it's not heated, which means that the kids can only train for, you know, five months of the year. So, I mean, those are some of the conversations that the, that the parents are having out there. So, Next up, I'll, I'd, I'd like uh, uh, Palissa for us to play um, a voice note from uh, Melissa and then I'll get uh, Natalie's uh, comment or opinion on that. Hey, Sonia, Melissa here. Well, I promised to send you my voice note. Um, the day got busy, so I'm making time now. My response to your question, is there any qualified justification to take children to a high-end private school versus a very good public school? Well... I've been through the public schooling system and I can, so it's easy for me to make a comparison. Um, I'm pro private schooling system and my reasons for that is it's a more reliable system. They offer quality education and the curriculums are more advanced compared to the public schooling system. Um, I find that there's a good culture overall and strict discipline. There's more focused learner attention. One key thing for me is the holistic development of learners, including soft skills and functional skills, and even entrepreneurial skills. When I talk about functional skills, they're teaching our kids organizational skills, prioritization, and time management and project management. The smaller class classes do help, and that's probably um, what results in the more focused attention. They have mentoring programs, and that's just support to our learners, which is something I feel lacks in the public schooling system. I think it forms a good foundation for our learners, and I think the cost-benefit ratio is good. So even though it costs much more, there's definitely benefit that you see comes that you see comes out from the private schooling system that we see in our kids. For the public schooling system, you do get very good public schools. Um, they definitely are cheaper, so easier on the pocket for parents. However, I do feel that the classes are definitely too big to allow for individual attention. Um, there's a lot of focus on academic development, maybe sports development, but I still feel what lacks a lot is this, the development of soft skills um, to prepare learners for the world out there. There's a lack of adequate learner support. And I think generally there's a lack of trust in the schooling system. And this requires then more effort by a learner to get through the schooling system and make a success from it. Your opinion, (laughs) Natalie? Well, I'm going to relate positively to what she said about private schooling. And here I'm going to come in as a mum because I've also been exposed to the, the two systems. And I must honestly say that both my children matriculated. Both of them got a, a varsity entrance and have completed their, their varsity careers. But if I compare my daughter who came from a monastic private and my son, he, he's, he's government school ed, the tenacity, the staying power, the chutzpah, the self-management, those those soft skills that she, that she was referring to, that those hidden curriculum skills, were profoundly visible in my daughter, and she managed her varsity career so much easier than my son. I was in my son's space a lot more through his varsity career than I was in my my daughter's space. There's there's no doubt about that. And that's where I drew the comparison as a parent when they ended their high school career. So what was I going to get now? And that's just from me as a mum. I experienced that. As far as wisdom is not for sale, that, that was that's profound. Maybe it's not for sale 
and children are blessed in in many different ways and they're skilled and talented in various areas that's a fact I think putting them in a, a private school I'm putting myself out here <laughs> Sonia but I know that I know because of where I'm where I am at we cause to succeed with the little people that we've got so we can draw out if it's not wisdom for everything if it's not a talent or a skill in handwriting maths softball we're going to find something else that we can celebrate and draw out from that child. And I think that is the beauty of a private ed. You've got the freedom of your curriculum, the freedom of your structures to explore and to recognize that and to draw that from a child. And that's priceless. He can grow, she can grow, they can develop. Maybe not in the, the talent and math science skills, but other areas. Those are there that can be recognized far easier in our space. Yes. There's an interesting observation, uh, a consensus rather out there that um, people asking how many of our civil servants, uh, MPs, politicians, um, how many of them take their kids through the public uh, schooling system. And the notion out there is that if uh, members of parliaments and politicians don't trust the public education systems uh, themselves, then how does the average um, man on the street have, how can you expect them to have faith in the, in the public uh, education sector? So, I mean, these are interesting conversations that uh, people are having out there. And I mean, it's all very well. Um, you, you are here, uh, fortunately, to, to defend your decisions um, for your kids uh, to be enrolled in uh, a private school, not only because you're a principal at a private school, uh, but it, it would have been, you know, lovely to have uh, a representative from from the um, education department who obviously represents a public school um, to to try and defend the, the, that edu- education system and perhaps give us uh, pointers or uh, shed light as to how they plan on improving uh, the Literacy rates, um, in improving the metric uh, pass rates, wh- whatever you you you, you want to call it. Somebody says uh, private schools tend to provide the best education. I mean, I think that's that's uh, sen- those are sentiments that are shared by uh, a, a lot of people. And um, let's see, Azania Mwendan is um, is another friend of mine, and uh, she shared this voice notes. Hi, Sonia. Um I think for me, the reason why I take my child to a private school is simply because of locality. The public schools are just too far. Um, in my area, there are some good public schools. It's just they're just they're too far. Um, and I think on top of that, to get in is also a bit of a challenge. Um, I did try and get my helper's child into the school. It took three years to get them and get her into a public school um, and that was in my area but um, again it was also just far you know um, but I don't think there's any real qualified justification just a number of factors locality cost some people think curriculum but I don't um, but yeah for me personally just about distance <laughs> um, but also I think that there's other factors involved they're not in some areas not good public schools um, in other areas there's probably not even good private schools but also perception kicks in um, but yeah definitely for me was distance cool Natalie um, Azania spoke about uh, perception and uh, reputation of the school your your take on that it's absolute key you have to you have to work at building a reputation and then as you grow it, as you develop it, you need to treasure it and, and to hold on to it. And it's a responsibility of, I think, every parent and child and teacher within that that school to live and breathe the reputation of that school. That's what the parents have entrusted us to do, to live up to the reputation. It's hard. It, it, it's, it's hard, but it, it's something that needs to be a conscious thing every day. And we owe it to our parents, we owe it to our children, we owe it to our teachers to be 
proud of who we are, what we stand for. The, the comment was made of she doesn't think the curriculum is that important. It's vital. It's absolutely vital. And our, our curriculum extends, enhances, engages, it, it, it challenges. And linked to that is the imparting of skills that, that come alongside that curriculum. Absolutely crucial. Yeah, reputation is, is key. Work on it, hold on to it, build it, grow it, develop it and share it. I agree with you. There's a, a quote here or a comment from Dombekaya Desani who says that good quality education sets the foundation for South Africa's children to flourish and to do great things. It's ultimately the decisions you make as a parent that will determine the quality of your child's education. My humble opinion, we are, after all, in the opinion booth. My humble opinion, it's not about the school, but the child's attitude and character. I know of great minds that went through public schools, and I know of people that had the best education that money could buy, but cannot construct a sentence. Some can even type a CV, and some don't even remember what CV stands for. I mean, you laugh and some people might find this a very controversial statement, but like I said, that is my humble opinion. Now to all the hardworking mothers out there who earn basic salaries, I mean, I'm talking your domestic workers, the helpers, um, the nannies, the au pairs, whatever word that you want to use, to all of them who still continue to prioritize their kids' education. Just know that you are appreciated and we can only hope that your kids Make a decision by seeing your efforts that you're putting in, all the hard working hours that you're putting in, you're working day shift, night shift. Some of these parents, um, some of these mothers have uh, double jobs. They work double shifts. They are hard working mothers that we need to acknowledge. And uh, to you as well, um, Natalie, I'd like to wish you a happy Mother's Day for Sunday. And I hope that you do get spoiled. Um, I'm hoping that I'm going to get spoiled. If not, I'm not going to be cooking until maybe after Father's Day, which is next <laughs> month. So I know Matthew's going to be listening to the podcast. So if you don't spoil me this coming Sunday, don't forget that Father's Day is coming up next month. Remember, aspire to inspire before you expire. The next song is dedicated to my mother and all the fabulous mother out there to you as well, Natalie. Um, just know that you are appreciated and we see your efforts and we acknowledge all the hard work that you put in. And I'm sure, and I know for a fact that your kids are very proud of you. Big ups and, um, you are appreciated. Thank you, Sonia. Much appreciated. And thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Cliffcentral.com.